Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. 27 degrees and cloudy outside at 308. On this Thursday, January 18th, 2024, how's everyone doing on this Thursday? Week's winding down. Hopefully wasn't too bad for you. A little cold, but, you know, we've kind of got off easy so far this winter, fingers crossed. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Uh, lots going on today. Uh, if you're going to be with us for the 5 o'clock hour, I'll be doing a live uh, interview on Newsmax TV at 5 o'clock. Uh, so we'll be playing an interview from uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland during that time in regards to the study they did with the Uvalde shooting and the deficiencies that they've identified with that. And there's plenty to go around, uh, plenty to go around all together. I'm going to be talking about that on Newsmax TV at 5 o'clock with Carl Higby on his show. So if you watch Newsmax TV, you can check it out at, I believe, 5.05. And then we'll get back to the show. You know, here is right after that interview. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Like I said, we're going to cover a lot of local, national, and uh, world news, as we always do. Hopefully nothing too breaking today. As I said uh, yesterday, I was a guest speaker at the Scranton Kiwanis Club at Cooper's in Scranton, and a great time. Great, great group of individuals. Uh, I mentioned it yesterday. Want to bring... on a speaker now, uh, Mark, how are you doing today? Rob, I, I just want to tell you how uh, impressed we were with your presentation and want an asset you are to the area. I and, appreciate um, it. The club really enjoyed your comments, and we did put you on our Facebook page. I don't know if you saw it. I, I did. Thank you for that. And uh, tell but, us a little about, bit about the Kiwanis Club here in Scranton. Well, we are 100 and I believe 140 Hi. years old. Um, and it started uh, way back in the early 1900s. About a group of business leaders uh, began a, a, a Kiwanis club, and the idea was to raise money for charity and uh, educate people and do programs as we still do today. So today we basically focus on um, helping uh, children or those in need. So the family that lost their house about three, last uh, New Year's Day. Um, our charity committee met, and we're going to present them with quite a bit of money to help them rebuild. Not rebuild, but get clothing and replace uh, a lot of the – everything they had was gone on the fire. So we're community-based. We have a scholarship. We have eight students now on scholarship at University of Scranton, and um, we're an active group and always looking for members. But And we try to get good speakers like Rob O'Donnell to <laughs> bring people out. Okay, but we really appreciate that. My daughter Nicole is saying hi to you, Rob. Oh, tell Nicole hi. He was telling your dad was telling me all about you yesterday. Uh, it's good to hear you in the background there. It's nice yeah. to meet you. Hopefully, yeah. I meet you in person one day. Uh, yeah, and this so scholarship good. is an annual scholarship that the the Kiwanis Club gives here in Scranton to to two different universities. Uh, we give it to eight students either at the University of Scranton, Marywood, or Keystone. Right now, I believe are all the students are at University of Scranton. And it's a four-year scholarship, and, um, you know, it's much appreciated. It's not a ton of money, but every little bit helps. 
Oh, absolutely. Like you said, the cost of books yeah. and the, the, the expenses outside of tuition uh, add up real quick. And, and any organization that helps any students, especially in our area, for a group like yours that does that, it's a great, great asset to the community. If people want to find out about your group or look to join or anything like that, how can they do that? Um, they could uh, message me on the, on the uh, Facebook page, Kiwanis Club of Scranton. All right. And it, my number's on there as well as uh, any emails can go in there, and we will get back to them. We'd love to have, a, like to have new members. So, But thank you again for your wonderful presentation, and thank you for the service you've given this country. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It was really nice to meet you guys and meet members of our business community there, members of the Kiwanis Club, and, and I hope to see it grow as we move through the future. I hope so, too. Thank you, Rob. Have a good day. All right, Mark, have a great day. Right, thank right, you. Right. Uh, and it was very good luncheon yesterday. Good, good food. And uh, I've already posted on my uh, social media page that I will be pending no nothing crazy going on as far as weather or anything like that. It only looks like one to three inches tomorrow. But I am planning to be at Cooper's in uh, Scranton tomorrow after the show, maybe about quarter to seven, depending on the weather, if I have to go home to get my wife or if she could meet me in Scranton. Uh, we will be there to benefit Coopers and their fundraiser for Detective Kyle Gilmartin. Uh, they're having that crab special, crab leg special that you cannot beat. And I believe $10 for every order goes to the Detective Gilmartin fund. So I hope to see you there. I will be there tomorrow after the show, probably about quarter to seven, and uh, spend some time there. And if you see me or if you happen to be there, say hello. I was there at the luncheon yesterday for the Scranton Kiwanis Club, and uh, the media was there. There were already people in there taking advantage of that Crab Lake special. I saw Cooper's posted uh, late yesterday or early today that it was an outstanding day yesterday. They want to duplicate that again today and tomorrow, hopefully. And I'll be there tomorrow to do my part, and hopefully you get there to do your part. But there's a ton of other businesses that are doing things. Just go to the Scranton Police Facebook page. They have the most up-to-date list of all the businesses, all the areas. I know that yesterday they sold out of the stickers very quickly. I believe they sold out of their shirts that they had, the T-shirts that they had today very quickly. Just an outpouring of support from our, our community, and it's just so heartwarming to see. Hopefully in the future it doesn't take something like this to bring law enforcement and our community together, but uh, we're off to a good start. We're off to a good start, unfortunately under tragic circumstances, but everything we're hearing is the Detective Gil Martin is doing extremely better than expected, which is always good to hear. A little something more close to home, the new Lackawanna County commissioners met and say the county faces, faces massive financial problems. During the first official business meeting for the new board of commissioners, Commissioners Bill Gahan outlined the county's financial woes. The new board chairman said that the county had only less than $500,000 to meet expenses at one point towards the end of last year. The fact, and this is a quote, the fact that a $163 million budget, you can have less than half a million dollars in the bank is frightening and unacceptable. Stating the unpaid bills weren't included in the 2024 budget, he said. He said the unpaid bills totaled $15 million, but County Chief Financial Officer later corrected that to $19 million. The county stopped paying most bills in the summer of last year except for payroll and utility bills to keep the lights on, Gahan said. Let me, 
repeat that again. Because I am a member of Lackawanna County. I live in Lackawanna County. I am a taxpayer in Lackawanna County. The county stopped paying most bills in in the summer of last year except for payroll and utility bills to keep the lights on. Now, our county commissioners have a fiduciary responsibility to the taxpayers of Lackawanna County. What the hell was the county commissioners doing that just left office? Or not doing, for that matter. Why was this not brought up? Why were we just not paying bills? This is unacceptable. It's unacceptable, and with a fiduciary duty, it might be more than unacceptable. And I hope there are people in Lackawanna County in that position to ask that very question. Was there a violation of that fiduciary duty for just stop spending bills? Did they realize that, hey, we're out of office anyway. It's not our problem anymore. Screw it. We're just not going to do it anymore. We're not going to bother. We're going to tell everybody it's peaches and roses and take pictures and smile or not show up for meetings or whatever they were doing. This is negligence at its greatest. And allegedly, the outgoing commissioners were buddies with these guys coming in. They just dumped it on them. And, and I applaud them for bringing this out in their first meeting. And in the way they did. Transparency is the only way to get through this. And quite honestly, why should they take the blame if it's just simply being dumped on them? After they spoke at the commissioner's meeting, Matt McGloin and Chris Chermack voted to apply for an entry into the state strategic management planning program. Supposedly file that application today. If the state approves it, the county would seek a consultant to develop a long-term strategic management plan. Isn't that what county commissioners are for? Isn't that what the past county commissioners were for? I mean, it's, their sole job is for the fiduciary responsibility of the county of Lackawanna. Obviously weren't doing that. $19 million in unpaid bills. They stopped paying bills except for payroll and utility bills to keep the lights on in the summer. I hope Lackawanna takes action against those commissioners who weren't doing their job. Now, I don't know what you're going to get from them, but at least bring it to light. I mean, this brings enough to light. Residents of Lackawanna County should be infuriated. And the fact this isn't being shouted from the rooftop, not paying bills since the summer except for payroll and utility bills? When it comes to the county finances, we've been in an extremely difficult position for quite some time now. And now it's this administration's job and task of fixing it, McGloin said. Since day one, we got to work immediately to try and put together the best possible plan to help Lackawanna County back on track since there is currently no long-term plan in place. It will provide a much-needed outline for the county over the next five years. How come the old county majority of commissioners did not, in their 2024 budget, let the people of Lackawanna County, let the incoming elected officials know that there was $19 million in unpaid bills? especially while they were raising taxes by 5.9%. Chermack said that he had, and Chermack was the minority commissioner last year, said he had a task force ready to review spending four years ago, but they couldn't get accurate information 
and the effort fell apart. I'm all for it, he said, of the plan application. Hopefully, this endeavor will pay off. If Chris Chermack, the minority commissioner, legitimately had a task force set up and they stonewall him with information, became $19 million in debt by not paying bills, didn't tell anyone, this needs to be investigated. This needs to be looked at. There is a, there is a solid fiduciary duty from the, for these commissioners. The new commissioners issued a dire forecast less than two months after the past board of commissioners voted two to one to raise property taxes by 5.9%. During that vote, Minority Commissioner Chris Chermack voted no and criticized the past board for failing to get serious about the deficit problem. Now, there's many things this consultant will do. But what it won't do is hold the county commissioners who just left office, who stopped paying bills up to six months ago, putting us $19 million in debt because they simply didn't care. It's disgraceful. And they have a legal fiduciary duty to this county. And they failed. If it was on purpose, it was negligence. And the members of Lackawanna County, the residents, the taxpayers of Lackawanna County should be outraged. It's 321 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 27 degrees and cloudy at 324. Call a text in if you live in Lackawanna County, if you're outraged by this. This is, this is incredible. 570-883-0098. Uh, yeah, some text message I'm getting. Yes, Rob, outrage, outrage is the word for the incompetent commissioners not paying bills. Yeah, Jerry Notariani was the county commissioner chairman. And you have Debbie Dominic, or the two that w- are gone. Obviously, one didn't run, the other one got voted out. Obviously, they didn't care. Obviously, they didn't care about their neighbors, their friends. No one. $19 million? Stop paying bills in the summer except for payroll and utilities? Wasn't there a surplus at one point a couple of years ago? In Lackawanna County? Where where'd that all go? This is just incompetence's great greatest level. And if if Chris Chermack, who is the minority commissioner, and we know how this works, the majority keeps them in the dark on a lot of things. That that's the first thing that needs to go. And I hope that stops immediately. And Chris Chermack, if you're listening to this show, if this new county majority does that in any way, I want you to bring that up in a meeting. Every meeting that it happens, I was not provided with X, Y, and Z. I was not given access to X, Y, and Z. I was not privy to X, Y, and Z. I want that done at every meeting so the public has that. It's time these commissioners are held accountable. How do you just stop paying bills months ago to leave the next administration? And uh, you know, text messages come in, and it's sad that the text messages are like that. Nothing's going to change. It's always the way it's been. 
You can get mad about it as much as you want, just like I am, but nothing's going to happen. Is there nothing that could happen? I mean, there's plenty of lawyers that live in Lackawanna County. Is nothing? You're getting ripped off as well. Is there no legal recourse for county commissioners who fail purposely at their fiduciary duty? Is there a possible cover-up because they weren't telling any the other commissioner or the public? I mean, how do you provide a budget for 2024 and not show $19 million in unpaid bills? This is just incredible. It truly is. And I, I hope we're wrong saying nothing will happen here. I mean, the, the mere fact that it came out at the first meeting is a good sign. But is it just a CYA type thing to where, hey, we're not going to get caught holding the bag doing this. This wasn't us. I mean, what's the response? Where's the mainstream media knocking on these commissioners, these former commissioners' doors saying, hey, what happened? How come you stopped paying bills? They just voted for $22 million bond issue on the way out the door as well. Yes, they did. I talked about that when they did it. Not to mention the 5.9% tax increase for Lackawanna County. I mean, obviously, they knew there were outstanding costs because they had to increase tax revenue, but this isn't even close. And the mere fact now we have to pay a consultant to come in to advise us on how to address this. If there was something purposely done here, if they kept people in the dark, there's got to be criminal recourse here. There's got to be something, an ethical, ethical violation. I mean, come on. You just cannot not pay bills as a county commissioner major, a majority. For months. Because you didn't care. Unbelievable. Well, something else, uh, again, a lack of accountability for our areas. The Keystone Sanitary Landfill response to the odor violation presents strategies for odor emissions and reductions. Well, that's a good thing. But if you read through the article, everything the landfill manager says is, wasn't us, isn't us, didn't do it, you're misinformed, you're not smelling that. Again, you run a landfill, take responsibility. The DEP's wrong. It's not what they said it was. Again, what... We don't accept this from our children. We don't accept these non-answers. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. Wasn't us. The people are stupid. They don't know what they're smelling. It's good that they're doing something. But, I mean, the, the landfill manager, this O'Brien character, Basically is saying that the people use too much garbage. It's their fault. It's not our fault that our landfill smells. The people use too much garbage. It's literally what he said. In a perfect world, all waste would be recycled or reused. But the current reality is many materials can't be recycled or reused. Ultimately, the best situation would be for humans to produce less waste. But until that happens, landfills are the next best solution. So you're using too much garbage. Well, where's the garbage coming from? How much money are you making taking from garbage that's not in Northeast Pennsylvania? And we could, we could go down that road if you want, Manager Dan O'Brien. 
of the Landhill business manager, Landfill. It's everybody's fault but ours. Hopefully the residents keep up with it. And, and then, of course, mentioned in how much the surrounding communities get in fees. And it's, you know, you don't know what you're smelling. You're not professionals at this. It's uh, incredible. It's good to see the Department of Environmental Protection finally taking this seriously. Residents who are affected by this, I mean literally affected by it, continue what you're doing because it's obviously getting the attention it needs. It says to reduce odors, emissions, including using drones to detect areas with methane concentrations, expediting the installation of new gas collection equipment, accelerating installation of a permanent cover, on top of the 25-acre of landfill previously expanded, and placing two surface lagoons with a 2.5 million gallon enclosure storage tanks. So at least something's getting done. But, you know, the this is the second time this Dan O'Brien, who's over there as a businessman, I understand it's his job over there, but it's not everyone else's fault. It's not the fact that you know, humans use too much garbage, so therefore there's a landfill so tough. You have to deal with it. Because we can get into where's the garbage coming from. Is it truly here from north, just northeast Pennsylvania? I'm sure some of it is. What percentage of it is? How much money are you making for taking garbage from other places that we're to deal with? And yes, the surrounding communities should get reimbursed or should get a financial incentive to have to tolerate that. You know, you're not in the business of a landfill because you're not making money. Let's be honest. At least be honest. And yes, it's everyone's plan to be a good neighbor. Just be better at it and stop pointing fingers at everybody else and do, do your job. Especially when the Department of Environmental Protection, who's been kind of lax, by the way, with you, says you should do things, and I'm glad you're speeding them up. It's uh, 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 27 degrees and cloudy here at 3.39. Uh, looks like residents are uh, as angry at this as I am. Uh, some people saying that they're going to contact the uh, state attorney general's office to see if there's anything that can be done for their violation of their fiduciary duty, especially if it was done purposely and uh, discreetly to hide it from the taxpayers. Uh, but let's see. Uh, hopefully something can be done. Uh, I'm not sure of the legal, if there's any re legal recourse, but uh, it sort of sounds like there should be. And if there's not, maybe there should be. And maybe that's something our uh, state legislatures could take on if, uh, if the fact is that our hands are tied, that they could just simply stop paying bills months ago, uh, form a 2024 budget that just doesn't include that stuff that they didn't want seen out there or didn't want to go out on a bad note, dumping it on the lap of the new administration. And, and the, the, the part is here. It wasn't like it was a different party coming in. They dumped it on their friends' laps, their neighbors' our laps, their friends and neighbors, their relatives who live around here, right? These are long-term Lackawanna County people. That's what they ran on, right? I'm one of you. I'm one of you guys. You know, I know how you think. I know how you feel. I know what you want to do. Vote for me. I'm better than the ones that are there now. I could do things better. Well, you utterly failed. You utterly failed miserably, and you screwed everyone around you, including your relatives, friends, and family. 
incredible. Just incredible. Uh, you know, we're kind of in that lack of taking accountability when it comes to things. And this, I, this is a story from earlier in the week, uh, actually two days ago, where a dog was electrocuted while crossing a city bridge. And basically the, the, the owners just want answers. So it never should have happened. I mean, what happened to the dog and her electrocution and death? It's just not good enough that I'm the one that's affected by it, owner Bob Robinson Dazzle told a local TV station. It has to go up the chain, and the city needs to think clearly about how to keep people safe from electrical shock in public sidewalks. According to the local news, the city is now beginning bringing in an outside entity to investigate how Nikki, Nikki was the name of the dog, was killed on January 7th while crossing a bridge in Pittsburgh, Squirrel Hill neighborhood, while on a walk with her owner. The local uh, reporter, as well as the dog owner, local TV station, reported that city officials have provided no answers so far on to why the plate was electrified. The news station reported that outside entity investigating the act again is looking into street lights on the bridge. The local electric company said it does not own any equipment on the bridge and it is not responsible for maintaining any wiring, they reported to the TV station, which also found that the, some dog owners in the area had previously told the city that their pets were jolted while walking across the bridge. So this was a known issue. Pet owners inform the city, hey, our dogs are getting shocked while they're walking over this steel plate on your bridge. Maybe you want to do something. And again, that lack of accountability. Not us, not our problem. Until this poor dog walks over it and literally gets electrocuted to death. And this homeowner, this, this pet owner wants, wants answers. And they're being stonewalled. Until now, thankfully, local media is on top of it. And now they're going to look into it. Why didn't you take responsibility actually when you first got your, your stance? And the fact that this was a known issue, it's probably legal recourse for this pet owner. It's a shame that legal recourse is the only thing these people understand. Only thing entities understand when it costs them in their pocket. What happened to doing the right thing? What happened to, hey, you know, we're in charge of this city. Our, our pet owners, we're pet owners. We love pets. I mean, are getting shocked. Let's send somebody out there to look at this. Anyone. And fix it before something really bad happens. Like somebody pull, pushing a stroller over the bridge or walking with your child in your hand next to you where they drop their toy and put their hand down on the plate. But no, let's wait till something bad happens. Lack of a personal accountability is one of the huge problems facing our nation right now. And unless we demand it, unless we force it, it's not going to come back. It's 3.43 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 27 degrees and cloudy at 3, almost 3.47 here. Uh, got some text messages. It says, uh, Chermack, an incumbent, knew the issue facing the county, yet deceived voters about the state of the county with his uh, service. Um. I responded, and you have proof he knew. Uh, it wasn't disclosed by the majority in the 2024 budget, and he states that it was not given the full info. 
And I've literally been to Lackawanna County Commissioner's meetings where the minority commissioner says, I'm not, I haven't been given this information. This hasn't been shared with me. That's why they both have their own legal representation. If, in fact, this was kept from him, if, in fact, this was kept from the taxpayers of Lackawanna County, something needs to be done. Um, as for the point of... Uh, Accountability. I got a text message. The problem is every town, every city, every utility company, and so on and so on, they're all reactive, not proactive. You're 100% right. They are. I'll give you a prime example. There's at least uh, 10 dead ash trees on the power lines, next to the power lines, cable lines, phone lines, across the street from my house. I've contacted them. I've said, hey, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be an issue. We're going to have a storm. Tree's going to fall down. It's going to take out power. You're going to have to respond anyway when the conditions are less than optimal and have to deal with it. Why don't you come out proactively and start trimming these trees? Nope, we can't do that. Okay. So now every storm we've had for the past year, I'd say, I've pretty much lost power. Uh, never happened before, but with thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dead ash trees— across Pennsylvania is becoming more of a more problem. Again, in the 20 years I've lived here, lost power on and off now and then. The past two to three years, every major storm we have, I lose power. You know, just this past week, I've lost power three times. And it's all trees on wires. Uh, a tree knocked down the store. And, and I'll give you a prime example. There was a dead tree leaning on the wires across the street from my house. And I called, and the, the power company came out with their tree bucket truck, with their tree service. And they said, well, it's on the, the cable wires and Verizon wires, not our wires. Well, your wires are right under their wires. So when that wire breaks, it's going to fall on your wire. Yeah, but we can't touch that. Called the phone company and a cable company out. They came two days later. They literally just took their wires and put them on top of the dead tree. And then the tree was leaning on the power wires. Until finally it caused an issue and they had to come out. But there were two trips by two separate entities to just take down the tree. They both had the resources to do it and failed to do it because it wasn't their problem until it became their problem. And then they fight over whose problem it is instead of just customer service, right? Take the dead tree off the wires. Oh, it's 3.50, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Uh, three, almost 3.54. What's the temperature outside? 20, uh, 27 degrees. Well, the Senate has uh, passed a bill to extend government shutdown deadlines to March, but the last I checked, the House wasn't so sure. Um, so we're, we're still facing a shutdown. Come Friday, end of business. Government shutdown. Now, will it really happen? Probably not again. Lack of accountability, lack of what's doing right for the people, lack of doing anything for the people. But um, it's interesting how everything coming out of the White House, everything coming out of the from the press secretary at the podium is uh, everything's Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And, you know, we have to look at the border, too. Uh, where you have Republicans saying, we need to secure our border. We need to do something at our border first, and then we're able to talk about other things like aid for Israel, aid for Ukraine. And the White House has clearly stated multiple times their priority is Ukraine. While they purposely 
have created a free-for-all at our border. And again, it's simply Biden not doing the will of the people. If you look at polls, the majority of Americans, the majority of Democrats want something done at our border. But they have just created this environment where not only is it causing this free-for-all, this humanitarian crisis, but it's bankrupting our cities across America. It's it's flexing our system to to places it never should be. Created openly illegal policy where you have uh, the mayor of Chicago threatening to impound and arrest bus drivers that take migrants into the city. Could you imagine any other time, any other place coming up with that solution? We're going to confiscate your bus and put you in jail because you're bringing illegal migrants into our city. Could you imagine a Republican governor doing that? Republican mayor? And again, they want to blame Governor Abbott in creating the problem in Chicago, in New York, in places like that, when it's the free-for-all at the border. I mean, imagine what they're dealing with. But the bus companies are now suing the administration in Chicago, saying not only is it blatant discrimination, but it violates anti-commerce law because it's interstate travel. You cannot say we cannot transport people anyone to your city you know how about saying you know we we have too many men in chicago you can only transport women if you're caught transporting men we're going to confiscate your bus and arrest your driver uh, put any other classification in there and the outrage and this is a sanctuary city sanctuary state but um they just don't care they just don't care. So we are facing a budget uh, a def- a shutdown, a government shutdown uh, this week. The Senate has reached an agreement, and I believe it was uh, only 19, or it was in the teens that voted against it. So they did have a bipartisan majority in the Senate to push things off again till March. But the House has that Freedom Caucus, which is saying... Absolutely not. We are not budging a dime until something's done with our border. And again, you'll have the Biden administration saying, well, we're offering how many millions of dollars, how many billions of dollars for border security? It's not. It's money for extra agents, but those extra agents' duties will be to process people who've come in illegally, not stop people from coming in illegally. So when, when they say those types of things, read through the, 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 the facts of what they're saying. Yes, they want to hire more judges. Yes, they want to hire more agents and resources to process, not to stop. And until there's a secure border, nothing else could be done. And make no mistake, the same laws are in existence today than they were under the last administration where illegal border crossings were at a historic low in our lifetime. I have to put that in there because people will say, well, it wasn't. It's not at all. In the 40s, it was lower. Yes, in the 40s, it was lower. In our lifetime, most of our life, my lifetime, illegal immigration crossings were at an all-time low. And now they're not. We have millions. 
And if you look at the gotaways, 1.2 million gotaways, 1.9 million gotaways, whatever that number is, and then you look at the record number of people we've actually caught on the terrorist watch list, people who are coming from known terrorist countries, the 900% increase in military-age Chinese males from the Middle East, if just 1% have nefarious intent, we are in severe trouble. Just 1%. 1.2, 1.9 million. Take the lower. 1.2. Just 1%. What's 1% of 1.2 million? And they have nefarious intent? They can create havoc through our cities. Because I can guarantee you right now our cities are nowhere near capable of dealing with such things. Especially on a wide scale. Look what happened October 7th in Israel. Think of that across America on one day. It's 4 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the break.